Hey there, if you are ready to build your service-based business from scratch and ditch your nine to five, then I want you to head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap and download my free ultimate leap checklist and starter kit. Again, you can head to shedidherwaypodcast.com forward slash leap to download my ultimate leap checklist and starter kit to get started on building your service-based business and ditching your nine to five. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. And now on to today's episode, I am sitting down with Karen Banky, who is the founder of Juice Beauty, an all organic beauty product line. And she first started her company, her first business in the fitness industry right out of college and has since become a serial wellness entrepreneur. She's been an entrepreneur for over 25 years. And in this episode, we talk about know how to change and upgrade the standards of an industry, how to be able to go after big brands, see what it's like to start over as a founder of a startup if you have already an established business, be able to define your company's goal and start to follow your instincts as a business owner, which I love this piece. We talk about the intuition. We talk about being able to follow our gut as business owners, get in alignment and begin with flow. So get ready, my friends, Karen Binky of Juice Beauty. Lovely, you guys. I'm sitting down with Karen Binky, who is the founder of Juice Beauty, the organic solution. Her, She has an entire line of organic solutions for skincare and so much more, but I'm going to turn it over to her and let Karen tell us what it is that she does. And then we're going to dive into her journey about how she launched her company, life as an entrepreneur, and snag some tidbits from her. So Karen, Welcome. Thank you, Amanda. It's great to speak with you and nice to speak to a fellow Midwesterner, even though, of course, I'm a transplant. I'm out in California now. <laughs> Super jealous that you guys have such a like sun right now because, like I told you, we're in a snow <laughs> globe, but that's okay. I mean, I chose to live here, so I'm handling uh, it. But Great city. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us, tell our listeners what exactly it is that you, the company that you launched and started, and then we'll dive into how you found yourself where you are today. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, I'm a serial wellness entrepreneur, and I started my first company right out of college in, um, in uh, fitness and then expanded it to corporate wellness. And all that time, though, about 20 years of fitness and corporate wellness, I was slathering beauty products all over my body and all over my face, just like a lot of women out there and a lot of people out there. And I had never read a beauty products label until I had until I was pregnant with my babies, which for me was in my forties. <laughs> kind of kind of forgot to get married, Amanda, but anyway. That's okay. <laughs> I got married later. Thank God I waited. I married the right guy. But um so and when I was pregnant uh, reading labels for the first time after really specializing in health and wellness and working with so many experts on ingredients, I was just, you know, completely devastated over what's in the average beauty product from, um, whether it's formaldehyde, um, off-gassing products to all the petroleum Mm. to methyl butyl and propyl parabens, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just was astounded that, um, beauty products had all these chemicals in it. So that was a long time ago. And then fast 
fast forward, um, gosh, probably seven, eight years after I started thinking about it, I bought the name Juice Beauty and started it from scratch uh, 12 and a half years ago. Wow. Okay. So talk to us now. I mean, you're 12 years into your entrepreneurship journey. Um, Give us a rundown about what Juice Beauty is and the products that you guys have created. Sure. And it, and it really all started with that kind of epiphany. But um, we just to bring you back to the beginning for just one second, we really radically transformed the chemistry of beauty. So when I started researching it, I found that most beauty products start out with glycols, petroleum and butylene um, uh, glycols, which are petroleum uh, products, you know, waste products. Um, which are pretty occlusive. It's kind of like Vaseline or um, the natural products uh, start out with water, um, which is kind of dilute. So you're spending a lot of money for for water. And my concept was to start out with organic botanical juices, organic aloes, organic shays, organic ahobas, organic grapeseed. So all of the products, even from the inception, would be packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals. And then we add the power ingredients to that. So then fast forward, you know, 12 and a half years later, we are um, into various collections and we have um, our biggest retailers, all beauty, which is all over the United States. And uh, we have all of our skin, we have skincare and makeup. And um, then we have, uh, we're also in Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's and Anthropology and just amazing retailers, but a full line of skincare products, which are our roots. And then a couple years ago, we came out with um, phyto, our Phytopigments makeup collection, which are plant derived um, uh, makeup and all with plant pigments. So no artificial colors and of course, no artificial fragrance and all of our certified organic ingredients. That is extremely impressive. Thank you. Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, about halfway through the company, we really started growing when I brought in an uh, an entire in-house group of of, um, chemists and product development experts and surrounded myself with a lot of people that are experts in beauty. And our goal from day one was to meet or exceed conventional chemical beauty products. So with skincare, the efficacy. So all the outside clinicals that we do on, you know, the important things like wrinkle reduction, et cetera, um, we wanted to meet or exceed conventional chemical efficacy. And, and we knew we could surpass naturals. We just really were going after that, uh, those, those big conventional chemical companies. And when we start, when our, our, our results um, achieve that, that's when we really started growing. And so it's exciting. It's kind of win, win, win. You know, you win with high efficacy skincare and vibrant plant makeup. You win with what you're putting on your skin is healthful. And for the people that care, you win with supporting a company that is really supporting organic farming, supporting the planet, building a sustainable company from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I'm curious too, because so you guys started 2006, if I did my math right, for 12 years ago. Actually, 2005, so we're 12 and a half. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Yes, it's still the new year. Um, 12 and a half. How did you guys, I mean, when I think back to 2005, granted, I was much younger. I mean, I was 18, so I wasn't really thinking about how, like, skincare. I mean, I think the stuff that I used were leftover samples that my mom got when she bought stuff from Nordstrom. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm the one who walked out and never put sunscreen when I went to the the pool because I wanted to be tan. Um, How did you, what was that like? Was I mean, because was the beauty industry from an organic standpoint really 
the market, was it there? And if it wasn't yet developed, how did you find it? And how did you know that it was going to be something of, of interest to the masses today? Well, you know, I, I, for whatever reasons, I've always tried to, I, I not tried. It's just, I've always thought, kind of been that early adopter business model, but yeah. not not by actually thinking about it, overthinking. It was more like in the early 80s, I thought, oh, my God, corporations need health and wellness programs. So, uh, you know, nobody knew what the word wellness meant, So, which means that I starved basically through my 20s. But that company eventually was very successful. But um, And then with Organic Beauty, years later, you know, I'd already sold um, uh, my wellness company and, and had some means. I wasn't starving, but it was it was tough in the first few years. I mean, our, we, we still have an entry-level collection of products in Whole Foods, and they were our first retailer and still a retailer. And so we tier our collections. So we have a collection um, in Whole Foods, but then it steps up to our stem cellular and green apple collections and all Ulta Beauty. And um, then we have uh, and Bloomingdale's and Neiman Marcus. And then we just launched our Hyacinth Signal Peptides collection in Neiman Marcus. So, you know, we've, we've successfully tiered it, but you're right, the, the market wasn't there. But Ulta was the the first um, retailer that really took a chance on us in a big way. So that was um, going on, gosh, well over six years ago. And they they took a chance on us and said, well, do you think this organic stuff can sell in <laughs> middle America? And I said, yes, I think it can. And, and, and it did. So now we're coast to coast with them. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible. When, when you started, like, talk to us about the transition then from what you're doing before to when you launched oh. Juice Beauty, because a lot of, yeah. um, that entrepreneurial journey is, I feel like even from my experience too, in the first handful of years that you're in it are really crucial in just almost like you just have to get through it to get through it. And then you start like things start clicking. So then there's different problems, but you know how to handle them much differently than you did in the beginning. So I would love for you to share that transitional period and take us back to what like the first few years of business was like for you as an entrepreneur. Sure. No, you know, and it's funny because, um, I, you know, with Juice Beauty, I started it in my, in my 40s. My first company was my 20s. So it's funny. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, well, you, you were a pro and you didn't have to learn anything. And I just, are you kidding me? I, I'd never been in the beauty industry and I had mainly been in service industries in health and wellness. So fortunately I had that going for me and, you know, with organic beauty, but it was a learning curve, a steep learning curve. And the other learning curve was, um, going back to a startup. I actually had forgotten how hard it was. Thank God I forgot. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, in the beginning you do everything, you know, you are, you, your hands are in everything. And it's also, I think, even if you've had a, a lot of success, unless you're, you know, a household name, like some of these big high tech firms or what have you, it's hard to recruit, um, you know, the, the best professionals in the very, very early years. And, you know, fast forward to later where we have amazing, um, an amazing executive team that has deep beauty experience and, and, you know, an amazing scientific team in house. And, and so it's very, very hard in the beginning. So kind of, you go from doing everything. I mean, really, I spent 
probably 75% of my time in the in the first half of the company on product development because mm-hmm. I was the one leading everything with the chemists and um, analyzing every single ingredient to make sure it was clean for um, and healthful for and and high efficacy high efficacy and then and then if it didn't meet the standard of um, uh, healthful for a person or the planet, we wouldn't use it. So I spent all my time on that, which is hard because, you know, you have to be out at the retailers. And so it was very difficult. But now fast forward, you have to make that transition to leading and, and really, um, really spelling out the vision on a daily basis as opposed to doing. So it's a, it's a big transition. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about some of the early stage, um, I don't want to say mistakes because yeah. I, I mean, we learn from our mistakes, but, um, I guess learning moments, take us through a few yeah. of your like big learning moments that really stick out to you. Well, I'll talk about chemistry and then I'll talk more about management, but the chemistry of beauty, because what we were, we were again, radically transforming the chemistry of beauty, um, <laughs> in the very, 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 very early days, um, you know, zinc and, and the products that we were buying, you know, we were buying from, from organic food suppliers. They, they weren't selling to beauty companies because, you know, who uses real organic grapeseed or who uses, you know, plant pigments or who uses the deep purple from a purple carrot to get a black hue um, in your mascara? You know, it's just not done. So so in the early days to get those products to to get those ingredients to hold well in formulations was so challenging. I mean, the zinc for SPF was so heavy and it was just one one problem after another. Um, so, but that fast forward now, uh, our goal is always, and we've achieved that, that the customer can't tell the difference between, for instance, our stem cellular CC cream that is formulated with zinc um, for SPF coverage, as well as coconut alkanes and grapeseed for that beautiful slip and feel, um, as opposed to uh, chemical sunscreen, oxybenzone, or silicones and dimethicones. And so we've we've achieved that um, ability to mimic and have better results than conventional chemical. But the, I can't even tell you. We had products that were too heavy, things turning blue. It was very difficult in the beginning. Um, and then if you think about management, I, I think it's funny. The lesson I learned over and over and over again um, is to follow your gut. And you'd think I would know it now and and recognize it more but i mean i still once in a while just kind of go what was i thinking i knew that wasn't going to be right from day one and whether it was a hire um that you know looked good on paper but you know i had kind of an inkling that might not be a great fit for the company or (laughs) whether it was a product that someone said oh that's going to be fabulous and a big seller and I and I had an inkling like are you sure people buy like a lip exfoliator who needs that you know (laughs) do you guys have one of those like no no (laughs) example that kept coming up a few times and I kept thinking is that a big market you know and and that I did follow my my gut with but other times we came out with a few products that I thought oh I don't know if those are going to be popular but um so following my my that women's intuition is so critical and i think as women sometimes we ignore it so mm-hmm. no i 100 percent agree i feel like the past two years of well not now but like earlier on like a handful of years ago i didn't want to listen to my gut and i was like no no no, no that's fine i know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing when it's just like if i would have surrendered sooner oh my gosh right and listened right. 
Like that, yeah. You avoid a lot of problems. Yeah. With people too, because if you have a wrong hire in a very small business, that can set you back a couple of years. And, you know, every single hire has to be right in a small business. And so if you start with five people or 10 people or three people, they have to be right. And then sometimes people, you know, they, you might have amazing people in the beginning, but they might not make it through to um, all with all the change. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that happens. And when it's a, a great transition, that's wonderful. But, you know, when it's a tough transition, that, that can be really hard. So I think those are some of our, our early uh, our early issues. Um, but also, you know, the very beginning, it was getting a mainstream retailer to take a chance on us. That was one of our biggest challenges. And again, Ulta Beauty was that first big, big mainstream beauty retailer that said, you know, I think this... I think they're onto something here. And, and, uh, yeah, now we're in the top 10 prestige skincare, uh, brands with, with Ulta. So it's exciting. That is very exciting. How did you manage cash flow in the beginning of the business and like pull the curtain back and give us some insight to early stage entrepreneur on terms of cash flow and staying afloat and like, what were some of the thoughts that went through your mind and, all that well, good I'll stuff. give you a, a very early story that was not from Juice Beauty, for, but from my wellness company, because some of your listeners probably are, th- um, it was just before their time, but way, 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 way back in with my corporate wellness company in the 1980s, coming from no means and no, you know, et cetera, I opened 17 credit cards all in the same day. This was before the age of immediate electronic feedback to banks. Oh my goodness. And that was my initial credit card at, uh, or excuse me, initial line of credit, um, because I couldn't get a line of credit. Um, and I, cause I'd just gone into a bank and presented my business plan. And again, way back in the 1980s, the banker said to me, a male banker said, well, you have to have your husband come in and sign. And I said, I don't have a husband. Do I need to go rent one? I mean, honestly, <laughs> what? So that was way back in the 1980s. Of course, you can't say that anymore. I think sometimes people think it, but they, you can't say that. Yeah. Fast forward to Juice Beauty where, you know, I had already built two companies and been on the boards of several companies. And so I funded, um, I was the lead investor in Juice Beauty. And, you know, um, yes, this company was started at a bit of a later date for me. So I had the means of it, uh, means to, to fund it. But I'm still surprised when entrepreneurs come in, young entrepreneurs come in to talk to me and they'll say, well, I don't want to put any of my own money at risk. And so how do I get everyone else to invest? And I always Mm -hmm. say, uh, you've got to put your own money up. If you have $10,000 in the bank, put up five, uh, put up eight, whatever. You, If you're not going to risk it, nobody else is going to. So Yeah, there's you know, definitely a different, yeah. a different mindset that kicks in when you're like, okay, I need to make money in order to eat next month versus, okay, I'm going to take, right. yeah, it's a total different mindset. That, that's right. So because even again, I had had, had some success um, because I went to investors that I knew that had, I had probably worked with in the past and that were mission driven, but they knew that I um, put my dollars first. Um, I raised the initial money all within about 24 hours. So, but again, this is a much later stage. I was in my forties and I'd already had some success. I'd sold a business and, um, but again, I put my money where my mouth was and I went to people that I trusted that were mission driven. So, um, they understood that organic beauty was going to be a tough, tough road. 
And um, they, I also went to people that I knew wouldn't sweat about the money they were investing to make their mortgage payment because I didn't want to have that stress on me. Mm-hmm. So, how has how I'm just writing this, um, writing some questions down that I have is, um, how has your personal and business life? I feel like as an entrepreneur, they're blended, right? Um, what's the main difference that you can say from when you first started the company to where you're at now? Like what, what's been one of the biggest changes for you? What as an entrepreneur? Well, my kids have grown up. (laughs) (laughs) So my kids were five and seven when uh, I started the company. So it was a whole different thing. But, um, you know, you mentioned personal and one thing that I hear sometimes is that uh, entrepreneurs are successful because they are kind of schizophrenic. They separate their personal and their business life, which works for them, which is great. For me and for, for me as a female, that has never worked for me. I have to have my full family support. I put our corporate headquarters, again, starting a little bit later, I could do this. I put our corporate headquarters between our kids' Uh, K through eight school and home. So it was 10 minutes either nice. way. And next to a Whole Foods because they do have good takeout um, yes. for your family dinner so your family won't starve. And so I, I, I set up those things to make it easy personally. But I think one of the most important things that during those years from having kids five and seven and now 18 and 20, um, that worked was that I could get to the school. I never missed a play and all that at, at a, at a later year, but I set that environment and tone for our company too. Um, but I also have a supportive spouse. So he's a cardiologist, not involved in the business, but he loves the business and we don't compete with one another. So it actually has worked. And he thinks about juice beauty all the time. Mm. That, that is what's worked for me. And so I try to, if there's a big Juice Beauty event, sometimes the family comes, you know, the kids have, my son has interned here every summer. That's uh, amazing. Every summer. My daughter has worked here. Oh my gosh. Our whole family helped with various corporate moves and, you know, you name it. I I love hearing that, that story. And it's, it's very inspirational because even I'll admit in my early twenties, I used to have the mindset. I mean, this is early twenties. I'm like, Oh, well, if I'm going to have children, then my career and all that stuff stops. And obviously now there's been a lot more progression and just exposure around how it's not like, um, it's not a, like you can still like do both and it's not a a myth that you can't or anything. And it's just really inspiring to hear how you've integrated your family and then did certain things in like placing headquarters. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, that's also great. You know, I have a son and a daughter and I live in Marin County, California, where there aren't a lot of of women that, or uh, there aren't a lot of women that work. Um, and so you know, I think it's a great example to show your kids if you're if you're doing things. So I always wanted my son and daughter to to be part of the business and see what what I do. And you know, in the early days, gosh, I'm going to say my daughter was probably from probably nine or ten to twelve. You know, when we would have um, beauty events in the front of um, Ulta Beauty or in the you know now in Neiman's and in Bloomingdale's and Anthropology, etc. But when we would have beauty events. Um, my daughter, you know, we would be set up in the front of the store and, you know, if we were, we'd have our stem cellular moisturizers up there or something, we'd run out. She would, she was our runner. She just thought it was great. She would go tear into the back of the store and get more stem cellular moisturizers <laughs> and bring them up. 
happened. You know, the stores never said anything that it was child labor. So yeah. I should publicize that. But, you know, they, since I'm the founder, it was okay to bring my daughter there, and she wasn't really working. But it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, she loved watching it, and and so um, I, I just involving them, I think, has has been great. Yeah, what a what a cool experience. How I noticed sleep, by the way, Amanda. Oh, what you give up is sleep. It's, um, that's in the, I mean, early and later years, so I can not miss anything. You end up with your laptop late at night and, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't think I've had enough sleep in uh, ever. <laughs> still, still to this day, you're just, I, it's, you know, <laughs> it's funny. A lot of, I've done a lot of podcasts on having a health and wellness career and, you know, and I run bike or swim every morning and all that. And they're like, okay, and you eat healthily. What's up with you? And I said, I, I tell you what, I've never mastered sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night about the business. I cram too much in at night. I, yeah, I have terrible habits in that sense that has kind of fueled the mm-hmm. business, but it doesn't fuel me. So it's like but that's that's my uh, that's my uh, thing. I think I'm going to be working on when I'm 90. The sleep <laughs> revolution. Yes, oh. I know that actually scares me because I am a lover of sleep and obviously everyone I mean it's different when you have kids too because it's never it's not about you anymore it's about your kids so you just I know everyone always says like you make it work so I know that that will happen but it definitely I can't I can't uh I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous thinking about losing like giving up sleep but that life is life and you figure it out so yeah yeah um I noticed that so Gwyneth Paltrow is one of your is your creative director for is it the the makeup line right mm-hmm. yeah how now how did that conversation come about what did that look like to bring her on as someone who is within juice beauty what did that look like right well one of our mutual investors amanda elian introduced gwyneth uh, peltro and myself and she thought that um we would hit it off and gwyneth at the time had just come back from england and so she started we gave her our stem cellular um and green apple skincare collection and she really liked them and so and we both shared um a lot of passion for that we wanted our daughters and our mothers and our friends and ourselves to have, you know, beauty, great skincare products and great makeup products that you could wear for her on the red carpet um, that would last and, and be vibrant, but that didn't have toxic chemicals in it for your personal health or for the environment so you know we bonded over that we both have a son and daughter and 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 she is she is quite an entrepreneur she's a very very driven entrepreneur so we we had a lot in common in in that sense and um so we decided to uh partner together and basically uh, gwyneth invested in juice beauty and and juice beauty invested in goop her company Mm -hmm. and then we uh juice beauty hired her as our creative director for makeup and so um she was very involved um of course the formulations uh, all the foundations of them were were completed and everything but she was very involved in the final slip and feel or the final color selection of the lipstick shades or the foundation shades or the concealer shades um she was extremely involved in the packaging and all of the naming of the um products for instance like our our lips uh, creams are named after wine regions in California. Um, don't hate that. 
<laughs> our lip crayons are named after beaches in California. Our liquid lip uh, stains are named after her friends. Um, you know, we, we of course, have Gwyneth, uh, sorry, Gwyneth and Blythe, her mother, and her Apple, her daughter. But she also named some, um, uh, some shades, Reese and Kate and Cameron and et cetera. Drew. So it just, you know, we had a ball and, and she's very creative, um, so creative. And so she was very involved. And, and so, and then we utilized her um, beautiful face um, at our, our makeup retail sites with some professional images and, and things like that. So, and, and it's, you know, so she's, she's been great for the business. That is so like that. That's so fun. And I, again, love hearing a story like that because it just re I'm sure it re-energizes and gives another element to, to just being a business owner and making business business. Well, and, and, you know, realistically, because can you imagine, I mean, we are competing. I, you know, I started this company and bought the name, started from scratch 12 and a half years ago. And what was I thinking that I could compete with Estee Lauder and Shiseido and Clarins? And, I mean, these huge companies. And so, um, you know, yeah, we did. You know, we, we were growing step by step by step. But about, because uh, we're about three years um, into our partnership with Gwyneth. So about four years ago, though, I thought, you know, we're doing really well now. And how can we get our name out there even more? So so people know that they're there's a choice. And so that that was very helpful. So using a celebrity, but that one that was authentically committed to the mission was important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, um, talking about your day-to-day life, what are some processes or, um, certain things that you do day in and day out from a routine basis that helps allow you to stay at a high performing level and get the necessary stuff done that you need to get done? Well, fitness is such an important part of my life, given that I, you know, come from health and wellness and fitness. And that was my whole career for 20 years and before, and my, and my passion still is. So, um, my husband and I have done a lot of mini triathlons our whole lives. And so we run, bike or swim for an hour every morning and except on Thursdays where we have at juice beauty yoga Thursdays oh, fun! <laughs> at the end of the day, every Thursday at juice beauty, we have a yoga instructor come in and, uh, for the whole, whole company. Um, so that's really, and, and I have to do it in the morning or forget it. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. So in the early years, my kids were young, my husband and I would trade off at, you know, we'd get up at five forty-five, and so we'd be done by seven and in time for the breakfast carpool mad dash. But now, you know, we can, you know, we, we get up a little bit later and, and our, you know, <laughs> my daughter's in high school and she drives to school and my son's in college. So, um, so it's a different type of, uh, morning rush at this point, but yeah, I mean, daily exercise for me is critical. And then I've, for years, I've eaten a very healthful, um, um, you know, I don't want to say diet. I, I eat, I eat healthfully. So salmon and whole grains and fruits and vegetables and, you know, as much organic or sustainably sourced as possible. And that's basically how I eat regularly other than chocolate and this and that. Oh God, love um, chocolate, dark chocolate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that that's what has fueled me, but also passion has fueled me. I I love business and I love you know mission driven businesses, and that's what I've always done. And so I I've never been not motivated to get up and go at it every day. Hmm. Oh, I love it. Um, a couple last questions too, Karen. Is one of them is what has been a really influential book for you? 
Hmm. Well, um, influential book. Oh, I, I, gosh, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. I probably, you probably sent me that question in advance and now I'm, I'm blanking. Um, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it, it's not so much a book, but I love anything, <laughs> any business article that Oprah has written. And I know it sounds very cliche right now because she just gave that killer speech and there's a lot of talk about her right now. But gosh, I have followed her from day one and have admired her and just her struggle and her perseverance and just everything she's written about that has just been incredibly inspiring to me. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I remember you. I used to watch her all the time when I was a kid before, like after school or before I'd go to work during the summer and it was always a great way to kick it off. So, well, the last question is pretty simple. Where can my listeners find out about you and and your company and just check out all the products that you have and learn more about your business? Well, juicebeauty.com. Juices and botanical juices and beauty. So juicebeauty.com is is an easy spot. And then, of course, we're in Ulta Beauty, U-L-T-A, Ulta Beauty, Coast to Coast, Anthropology, Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's. uh, Yeah, a lot of uh, great, amazing retailers. I love it. Thank you so much, Karen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out SheDidItHerWay.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.